This is Bobby Guy with the 10 Minute Health BizCast. This is album one, track eight. This is the 10 Minute Health BizCast with your host, Bobby Guy. With us today is Ray Tomasi, who co-founded the Gosnold Innovation Center in Cape Cod. Mr. Tomasi has over 40 years of experience managing treatment, intervention, and prevention services. He's a frequent speaker on issues of policy and addiction treatment and prevention systems. He's a member of Governor Charlie Baker's Opioid Working Group and the Special Commission on Behavioral Health and Prevention in Massachusetts. He has been a guest at our annual Healthcare Dealmakers Conference in Dallas, and he has a long-term perspective on behavioral health. We're very glad to have him here with us today. Ray, thanks for being with us. Good to uh, talk with you, Bobby. So tell us what led you to start the Gosnold Innovation Center. Taking a look at what was going on in behavioral health, and one of the things that was compelling for me is how do we improve outcomes? And... uh, you know, most of what gets done in behavioral health is, is linked to what gets paid for, what's, what's reimbursable. And I was always interested in newer ideas and things that were a little bit on the edge and things that had the potential to change patient outcomes, change the delivery system, and improve overall uh, operational efficiency and, and make it really more cost-effective. It's, it's incredible to me that We've gone so long with this stagnant system that we have, and we, we just constantly complain about how much it costs and how inefficient it is, but very little happens because there's not a lot of incentive to do innovative things. So as you look at behavioral health in the U.S., what are we doing well right now? Beginning uh, to more seriously look at linking outcomes to payment looking at bringing behavioral health into the mainstream of medical medical care with integration and using other vehicles for delivering care that are more cost-effective, telehealth being one of them, and then looking at more efficient use of medications. But these are ideas that that have been pregnant for a long time, but they haven't really delivered in the fullness of their opportunities. I'm a big proponent of integration of behavioral health with with medical delivery systems, and as you, because hospitals are, as they take on more risk, uh, they've got many patients who suffer with other chronic conditions that are exacerbated by behavioral health conditions. I think you'll see, continue to see consolidation in the industry. Smaller providers, particularly after the, the, the impact of the COVID and places shutting down or reducing workforce, I'm not sure that some of the smaller providers are going to be able to survive. And it moves into outpatient uh, delivery systems that are more effective than simply having someone come to a session once a week and uh, and expect to get better. I think uh, the the virtual care, the delivery of, of care through uh, apps, all of those things, I think are going to see an ascendancy over the next couple of years. So if we were going to try to significantly improve behavioral health, what do you think we ought to be doing right now? Well, number one, we, we need to address it earlier. The behavioral health system as it exists is basically built around an acute care paradigm. People get too sick, 
uh, too compromised with uh, the depression or anxiety or addiction or bipolar disorder, and they go to a specialty provider. Most of the specialty providers are delivering care when people are much sicker than they need they need to be if that condition was identified earlier. All the, the patients are really going to doctors, to primary care doctors, to urgent care clinics. And, th- and that's where we can do better to identify conditions earlier, treat them earlier, and have better outcomes and prevent people from progressing into more severe uh, cases. So that, that really happens when you begin to integrate care. So p- patients who go to the hospital with diabetes or go to, with, go to the hospital with other conditions are not having these associated behavioral health conditions addressed at the same time. And so the condition gets worse and worse and worse. And then, you know, when you're at the one yard line, somebody says, oh, we got to stop this. So it's not the way we treat other conditions and medical conditions that are, that are addressed much earlier in their development. And therefore you have much better outcomes. That won't change until Number one, the medical system adopts these providers who are specialty providers who are able to deliver that care, and it won't happen until reimbursement changes. If reimbursement, based upon value, if you will, outcomes, forces providers to do something different than what they're doing. Do the parity laws help address some of this? Twelve years into, twelve years after the passage, the signing of the. Mental Health Parity Act, and we're still talking about when are we going to get parity. Mm. Um, I think it's better, it's coming, but what forces it to happen is greater and greater recognition by the larger healthcare system that behavioral health is part of health. It's not some sideline activity that that uh, is is delivered by pe- by people who are not part of the larger healthcare system. You know, insurance companies have found ways to avoid parity, makes it very difficult for any individual single provider to file uh, complaints and have those complaints investigated. It's, the pace of this, uh, these improvements is incredibly uh, painful. So as you think about your general practitioners and your clinics that people are going to getting seen for acute medical conditions, is it medical training for those doctors and nurses as well to be able to spot these sort of conditions and deal with them earlier? You know, medical training generally didn't really include very much, nothing really in addiction and very little in in the area of mental health issues. So physicians are coming out, opening practices, but they were totally divorced from this whole concept of combining the mind and the body. That's always been seen as something that somebody else does. I think that's better now. I know particularly in Massachusetts, Governor Baker, you know, worked out uh, arrangements with the medical school to make sure that this kind of uh, training is integrated into a a, uh, medical curriculum. So the new physicians that are coming out of medical school now are much more tuned in to these uh, dynamics. And I, and I think part of the acceptance of behavioral health illnesses as part of health by physicians uh, will do a great deal to reduce the stigma associated with these diseases because 
it's much easier for a patient to be sitting in an office of a private practitioner and going in to see his doctor and discussing these matters and uh, than it is to have the doctor say, well, go to this mental health clinic. Nobody wants to go to a mental health clinic until they're in a p- p- state of desperation. Well, one of the things that we did with the Innovation Center that I started at Gosnell is we began to embed behavioral health clinicians in uh, private practices so that when the patient came in and either through a screening or through divulging something to the physician, indicated that they were, you know, really anxious, having trouble sleeping, they were troubled by financial stresses, they're feeling depressed. He said, well, let, let me, let me, you know, let me call Katie in uh, right now to join our discussion. She's part of our team and she specializes in these kinds of issues. Uh, the response of patients was just incredible. That's where we have to get to. So I'm curious, when we talk about a physician group or a multi-specialty physician practice where you've got got general practitioners, you've got surgeons, you've got um, GI doctors, in those type of settings, do we typically also have mental health specialists or is that something that we're missing in multi-specialty practices? I, I dare say that, that it'd be a rare practice that had a, a behavioral health uh, specialist integrated into practice. It's, it's the exception right now. It mm. should be the rule. You know, the, pro, the part of the problem is the, again, go back to reimbursements and insurance companies and carve-outs, behavioral health carve-outs. Was, I, I understand why it happened. It happened a long time ago. It was just a matter of how do you find some place to control costs of these addiction and mental health treatment places. That, so what do you see happening with the industry in the next 10 years? I think you're going to see more consolidation. And, and I think providers being gobbled up by hospital systems, uh, number one. Number two, uh, a more rapid pace of integration into the medical delivery system. Uh, number three, I think uh, telehealth has found a new life because of COVID-19. So not everything can be done that way. Doctors have to see their patients, but many of the services in behavioral health can be delivered that way. I think we'll see new medications uh, that will come down the pipeline. I mean, we've seen it in the the opioid use disorder area where we've got several medications that, that research has shown make outcomes better. And then the, the fifth thing I think would be uh, value-based purchasing. In other words, reimbursements that is linked to patient outcomes. Ray, this has been fascinating. As we close, I'd like to ask you one more question. And, and if you could change just one thing about behavioral health right now and the way we deliver it in the U.S., what would it be? Bringing behavioral health into the mainstream of medical care and addressing the person as a whole person, a mind-body connection. And I think that would that would go a long way to eliminating the sort of stigma and the isolation of addiction and mental health conditions. And, and we would normalize it, and I, I think we'd see tremendous progress from there. Ray, thanks very much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Bobby, and uh, take care and stay well. This has been the 10-Minute Health BizCast, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks very much for joining us.